The Brooklyn Vegan Show is a podcast about music brought to you by the music blog and online record store Brooklyn Vegan. Make sure to subscribe to hear all of our upcoming episodes featuring interviews with musicians and more, and find us 24-7 at brooklynvegan.com, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hey, welcome to the new episode of the Brooklyn Vegan Show. I'm BV editor Andrew Sacker, and today's episode is an interview with Matt and Nick from Citizen. Citizen's new record, Calling the Dogs, comes out Friday, October 6th on Run for Cover, and I think it's really one of their best records yet. Citizen are one of those bands who they are always kind of changing things up, and it's like just when people seem to get used to the new thing they did, they're on to something else. And Calling the Dogs is no exception, but I do think if you've been following their career the whole time since they put out Youth 10 years ago, that this one's a really rewarding record. It's kind of like, it is yet another step forward, another sort of left turn, but it feels like a culmination of everything they've done. And there's, I think if you like any part of Citizen's career, especially if you like multiple parts of it, I feel like you're going to find something to like about this record. So I was really excited to get the chance to talk to Matt and Nick Uh, as the record approached its release. We talked a lot about the new record, about the band's upcoming tour. They reflected on the recent 10th anniversary shows for youth. And there's a lot of other cool stuff in there too. Before we get to the episode, just a quick heads up that listeners of the Brooklyn Vegan podcast can get 30% off their first year's membership to DistroKid. DistroKid is a service for musicians that allows you to easily upload your music to all major streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Music, and more. It allows you to do automatic revenue splits, so collaborators and co-writers can get paid too. It provides you with an artist page that links to your music on all streaming services. It allows you to add lyrics, credits, liner notes, and more. And again, you can get 30% off by signing up at distrokid.com slash VIP slash Brooklyn Vegan. We've also included the link in the description of this episode, and you can click directly from there. And... Brooklyn Vegan is super excited to have an exclusive vinyl variant of Citizen's new record. It's available in the online Brooklyn Vegan shop, and that's also linked in the episode description below. So check that out. And here's my interview with Matt and Nick. So we've got Nick and Matt from Citizen with us. So just real quick, say your name so people can kind of put names to voices. Hey, I'm Nick. I play guitar in Citizen. And I'm Matt, and I do vocals and Citizen. So you've got a great new record, Calling the Dogs, about to come out. But first, I want to talk about, you just celebrated the 10th anniversary of Youth with some shows. I caught the one at Knockdown Center. It was awesome. So tell me from your perspective, like, what was it like to revisit that classic record and, you know, play those songs uh, 10 years later at some of the biggest shows you've ever played? Um, touching, like, specifically on that show... Uh, so that was the first show of, of the tour and, um, all, all of the shows were the biggest shows we've ever headlined. Um, <clears throat> but something about that first one was just like so magical and it, it kind of in a way didn't get recaptured at the other shows. And so like when I think they were all amazing, but like that first one was just, there's that, that factor that, that you know, when you just play like one of your favorite shows ever, you feel it and it doesn't really, you don't really know why or like, you know, you've played other shows that might have been crazier or whatever. Um, 
and I don't know, that one just like had had this factor to it that was uh I don't know, really, really special. That was that was a really cool show. Um It was our first time experiencing that that moment too, you know. And yeah. after that, you know, you've done it before and with every single night, not that it gets less special, but it's just less like you you know what to expect and we didn't know what to expect. So night one specifically it was pretty emotional and pretty magical and um you know it was just something totally new i mean you could feel it in the crowd i think like that it was like a really special citizen show yeah absolutely i i I feel like new york too just of course you know we've played new york more than probably anywhere and so i think that you get to a point uh that you're worried that um, you're worried that like people get sick of you in a way, you know? And um, I don't know that one just, it felt like a, a return to kind of like that feeling when we first started playing New York, you know, there's just that, that magic feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, and on that note too, like, I, I think I might've said this in my review of the show, but something that's really just been sticking with me since that night is like seeing you play that record for like 3000 people losing their minds. Um, it's just like, aside from warp tour, like your first tour supporting that record was in New York was like opening for polar bear club at a 400 person room. And you didn't even do like a headlining tour on that record until like over a year later. And I just think, it's kind of fascinating because it's like youth is this classic record to so many people. Um, but it's kind of fascinating to remember like what a slow build it really was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, still building and still moving slow. Like, um, you know, I think we do that same tour five years ago. It's, you know, half the size. Um, it really is just like, kind of building and building every time we we release something new it kind of makes our our like tail stronger you know um and that's definitely the case with youth which is really nice because a lot of records are they burn bright right away and then people are sick of them or whatever and i feel like you know citizen has always in some ways been an underdog um we were never like the biggest or like the hottest band in our like sphere. And I think that offers us longevity, you know, and, and still like retains power within like that album and some of our other albums. And I don't know, it just, uh, I feel like it's better that way ultimately. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the the dream and like, I mean, or a dream, right? Like to just like, you know, to have a record that just gets gradually bigger and bigger each year. Like so many bands are not that fortunate. Absolutely. Yeah, we're lucky. Um, and on that note, like, I mean, this kind of brings us into the new record a bit, but um, I think something I like about Citizen is... And I was kind of talking about something similar on our last podcast episode, which was with uh, Justice from Angel Dust, how bands like Angel Dust and Ceremony, and I think this applies to Citizen too, it's almost like by the time people have caught up with what you did on your last record, you're making a different, unexpected departure on the new one. 
Um, would you agree that that's kind of, you know, in this, in the citizen sort of way of being? Yeah. And that's never, that's never intentional, you know, it just, you know, as time goes on and, and you develop new influences, it just kind of bleeds into whatever you're doing. So, you know, when we go to write songs, it's not, how can we make this different or how can we make this surprising? It's, you know, what are we excited about and what do we want to do? And um, it always just, you know, to me, I listen to any citizen record and it sounds like citizen to me, citizen to me. And um, I don't feel like there's much of a difference from record to record to record. And that's just because, you know, it's us as songwriters and um, yeah, it's, it's never intentional, but it, it's always the way it ends up being. Yeah, it's like a it's like a haircut, you know, it's like if you see somebody every day, you don't really notice how their hair is changing or whatever. And then you like go however long you see them for the first time. You're like, oh, my God, you know. And I feel like since we just live with all the songs for so long, it's like uh, it doesn't feel that that drastic or whatever to us. And I think to probably to the frustration of many people, I think your point is correct that, you know, we do one thing, people start to kind of uh, come around to it or whatever. And, and just when they are, we're like, all right, here's something else entirely. Um, probably frustrating, but to us, it's fun. And I guess, I don't know, pissing people off is, is like kind of fun. And I do feel like, you know, it's ultimately like you're building this catalog, though, like instead of doing youth part two or whatever, like these are the like you said, the word longevity before, like these are the bands that have longevity, I think, where the big picture reveals itself over time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I also just think, you know, it's it's like even if we wanted to write youth or whatever, uh, one we really wouldn't be able to, you know, it's like that was such a, a time and place that we couldn't recreate now. And two, the people that think that they would want that really wouldn't. You know what I mean? It's like that that never goes like that when a band releases the same album twice. It's it's not nobody's like happy about it ever. Yeah, you know? it would just be oh, they're trying to do youth again and it's not working. You know, that's. <laughs> That's what the reception would be. Exactly. So I don't know. We just have to like plug away and still like try and make the closest thing to the sound we hear in our heads or whatever. Um, it's kind of like the long game of like just writing like to finally get to that, that song that you just like feel, you know, and probably never happens but it's like that that's it makes it a lot more fun to be in the band and to to be playing music and not get totally burned out or desensitized from you know i guess like industry things like it feeling like a business um you know we just have to plug away at that yeah i mean it's i feel like it's that endless conundrum that you know most artists face right where it's like you're making art for the reason that artists make art, but then it becomes also commerce and those two things, you know, they're the butt heads, I think. It can be, it can be draining for sure. 
And to your point about, you know, like people think they want youth part two, but they don't like, this is a topic I talk and think about a lot. Like, um, it was, there's a quote that, uh, Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem said once that like really stuck with me where he's like, if you make a different record that people don't want, they might be really upset. You know, they might be like, this sucks. It's not what your last record sounded like. We don't want this, but they might come around to it in like five years, 10 years, 15 years. But if you keep churning out like a rehashed version of the record people love, there's no coming around to that. It's just something that like steadily burns out. Yeah, exactly. And and to me, and I, I think that Matt probably agrees with us, we have always felt like indifference is the worst reception we could receive. I, I would much rather people hate the music that we make um, than to be indifferent about it. And, um, you know, that, that was a big thing uh, around 2015 when we released Everybody's Going to Heaven. Um it was, it was just like a pure, this is going to be hot or cold. You know, I have no idea if this is going to be embraced as like a welcomed, uh, you know, detour or if people are going to be really upset, you know, but I don't think a lot of people are going to be right up the middle and, and be like, eh, you know, I think that people are going to really like it or hate it. And, uh, I think that that was definitely the case and and that felt okay. I think definitely a lot better than people just being indifferent or maybe not even bothering to check it out or whatever to, to even think about it. You know, that's to me, that's the worst kind of music is something that feels lukewarm that I don't, it doesn't engage my like thinking in any way, you know, yeah. And I mean, like, I feel like that is kind of an antagonizing record. And, you know, like, if you're going to antagonize, then, you know, you're going to expect like haters. But it's, I, you know, it's such a, I, I always respect when bands kind of, you know, challenge their audience a bit like that and be like, maybe this isn't what you want, but like, it's what we want. And maybe it's what, and I think people have come around to that record, people who maybe weren't like ready for it, I think. I definitely see the, the tides have turned quite a bit on the public perception of everybody's going to heaven. So it paid off in the long run, I guess. So going back to that kind of like, you know, citizen revealing its big picture over time theory, I feel like from my perspective, that really started to become clear on life in your glass world. I feel like you kind of started to see people being like, oh, I think I get what they've always been building towards. Uh, I'm curious from your perspective, like how me saying that resonates. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, it's like the sample size is growing. Um, it's like, okay, they released Youth. That was just, that was their first album. They're figuring it out. They did something totally different. And then, and then As You Please, you know, which is like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, a somewhat, It's not. It's not as antagonizing as everybody's going to heaven. You know. I thought. I thought as you please was a return to form for Citizen in a way. You know, just a little different, but still, a, not a step back. But you know. And and I form. think, and I think Glass World was um, was kind of a, as much of a departure as everybody's going to heaven was. You know, and especially if you skip around the records it's like going from 
everybody's going to heaven to glass world is is kind of crazy. Um, and I also just felt like we were so locked in. You know, it's like I think everything that was that was happening, like everything that was being written, was just I don't know. It felt like exactly the the right music to be making at the time, and especially coming out of the pandemic, it was like, I don't know, it just felt, felt good. And I definitely see, I definitely see that record having a, a, a big group of like diehard fans that, that think that that's like, uh, the best, you know, that's like the best one. And then, and then there's people of course that, that can't stand it you know um and again that's like to me to me that's great and um i don't know i i really really love glass world and and i don't know i it's almost sad that that era is like over now that now that we've started the new one you know i'm like man i, I liked that i liked the i like those songs that album and of course you know when you go to another album those songs just slip away a little bit. They're not as, you know, uh, we don't play as many of them live or whatever. And uh, I feel like I'm kind of mourning that just because I, I like those songs so much. Yeah, I think to your point about like, you know, coming out of COVID, I mean, it's just this like loud, danceable record and people wanted to move again. And it was the timing was definitely right. Yeah, I, I I definitely think so, and uh, I think I think that there's like a a theme with bands in our world that, um, or may, maybe a uh, a perception that that the bands in our world get softer as time goes on, and I think our that that was like maybe not on purpose, but I, I feel like that was us like rebelling against that, like no, you know this is this is going to be big and faster and dancier and harder and we're going to have some evil tracks on here and i don't know i i i always am happy to to rebel against that notion or that expectation that uh we're going to make our like old man record or whatever and i mean yeah and i think that makes it spiritually similar in a way to like everybody's going to heaven because like that came out when everybody in the scene was like doing their shoegaze record and it, yeah it felt like we're actually getting darker and angrier and you know which is so funny because people called it a shoegaze record. yeah that's that's what i was just about to say shoegaze was so popular that it was immediately just labeled one and and it was decidedly not a shoegaze record, you know. It was <laughs> sort of, it was sort of an anti shoegaze record because, like you said, that was like every band was kind of going that path, and I felt like we did the opposite. And then they were just like, "You're playing shoegaze." <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. I mean, at the risk of sounding pretentious, I feel like anyone calling that record shoegaze either doesn't know what shoegaze is or didn't listen to it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, 
I'm also curious, you, you put out the song Bash Out the year after Glass World, um, which at this point is like one of my favorite Citizen songs. Um, and I think in true Citizen fashion, I thought maybe it was foreshadowing the direction of the next record. Of course it isn't. Um, so now it's just like this cool kind of one-off. Can you tell me like the background story of that song? Um, that song was, you know, I was listening to, we were listening to a lot of uh, Minutemen kind of old punk stuff. And it was kind of just, you know, what's like, uh, like how stripped back can we make this and um, how fast can we make it? And um, that it, there wasn't like really a lot of thought, a lot of thought in it at all. I, I did the initial demo and I sent it to everybody and um, everybody loved it. And we all got together and figured it out and sorted it out and just recorded it immediately. And we're, just like, oh, I might as well just put this out. So, um, yeah, no foreshadowing at all. And it was just it was just kind of something fun we did. And it, it felt kind of cool to to be in that position again to, you know, we weren't we had no plans with it or anything. It was just kind of like, oh, this is this is fun and cool and this is different. And like, let's just put it out there and, you know, move on. Well, I'm I'm crossing my fingers for like the Citizen Garage Punk record one day because yeah. I, I <laughs> um so let's uh let's get to calling the dogs. So it's I think in again like it's a in a way it's again kind of an unexpected move because it's definitely not Glass World Part Two, but um like I mentioned Angel Dust before just to keep bringing them up. Um, Matt, you sing on their new record. I feel like almost similar to that record. It's like another left turn, but also kind of a culmination of everything you've done. It feels kind of rewarding to the fans who have stuck with you through all these various eras, almost like you've been planting all these different seeds and now they've kind of like sprouted and that's calling the dogs. That's that's my take. I'm curious to hear from your perspective. Yeah. And I think it, sorry, you go for it, Matt. It, and back to what I was, you know, what I said earlier, it's just, you know, we're, we're evolving as music listeners always. So um, it, it, it is a culmination of, of every iteration of Citizen, um, just like every Citizen record was before, uh, just mixed in with some new things we're excited about. And, you know, like when we were writing Call the Dog, Calling the Dogs, it, it never was, you know, how do we make this a left turn? It was just, oh, this song, we like this song, let's use it. We like this song, let's use it. We like this song. Let's use it. And, you know, you don't really realize the transformation uh, being taken place. But I think the fact that it's so organic and natural uh, is what makes it good. Yeah. And I, I think to the, the comment on it feeling like a culmination is like, again, the sample size just gets a little bigger and you kind of see, oh, this is what Citizen sounds like. This is this is like. I can make out the playing and the, the singing and like it, it feels like um, citizen so much. Um, but again, yeah, is, is another like I think we're offering a lot on this album that we never have before. Um, and I, I mean, I love it, you know, of, of course, but um, I don't know. It's like it's it's a again an, just another kind of shift, um, and 
feels like the right thing for us to be like making right now and at this point in our lives. So give me some background on where your heads were at making this record, like some life experiences that informed it, some stuff you were listening to that maybe influenced the directions it takes. Um, Nick, Nick and Mason always make me playlists with songs they're excited about. Cause I never, I never, you know, I should, but I never seek music out really. And, um, you know, luckily I have them to do that for me. And uh, maybe that's why I don't do it. because I know that Nick's probably just going to send me some, some new music I've never heard before pretty soon here. And um, so yeah, a, a lot of like, you know, I guess, you know, garage, garage rock type things. I, I, I got really into the band, the cribs. Um, and that was a, a big thing for me personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, a lot of the stuff that Mason and I get really excited about doesn't necessarily like, make its way into uh, the album, but it's like we're always listening to new things. And like, honestly, the stuff I've been listening to lately is like so far from even what Calling the Dogs sounds like that it's like so hard to pin down whatever it is. But I don't know. I feel like Mason and I were just really excited about. um, I was really excited about like Eddie Current Suppression Ring and uh you know even the stones and uh a lot of you know mason his heart lies with like early 2000s new york city shit and and so um i don't know i i think you you definitely hear that uh i feel like that makes like perfect sense and it's you know and then there are songs that I don't know. We were we were influenced by uh by like Harvey Danger, you know, it's like uh there there's things in there that aren't even necessarily what we listen to. It's just like sometimes you write a song and it just feels right and you know what it is and you know its identity and you're like this is kind of the direction of this song. Let's take it one step further. You know, let's let's inject this with something that that really gets us excited even if it's if that is just a sound or something you know um could be a tone could be a synth flourish or whatever um i don't know it was just uh me and mason especially were just like constantly sharing music and and um i don't know gearing up and and getting everybody excited about about what this identity would be for the for the you know new era um what else you said you know there's a lot of stuff you're listening to that sounds nothing like calling the dogs what what else have you been listening to um i mean my favorite album of the year by far is caroline polachek um i mean i i almost feel like that's a um a boring answer because it's like so many people's favorite album of the year, I feel like. Um, but uh, I've been listening to like uh, the new Lauren Otter record. Uh, I really, really like. Um, been listening to the new Strange Ranger record, which I think is amazing. And I, I 
want more people to hear it. Um, and in their little world, um, Chanel Beads is a great band. Um, and I'm always listening to Old Country, Webb Pierce and Patsy Cline, Jerry Jeff Walker. Um, I don't know. It's it's always a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with Citizen. And um, in that way, Citizen sort of feels like a project. You know, it's like we know what Citizen is and the general like boundaries or lack thereof. And um, it's kind of fun playing within that. And then I have, you know, what I listen to otherwise and what Matt listens to otherwise that, that maybe informs you in like a really deep way, but uh, isn't like a direct influence. I don't know. I guess that's what makes you like the kind of songwriter storyteller that, you know, you are that Matt is, you know. Um, Matt, what about you? Do you have a favorite album of the year so far? Uh, honestly, no. I, uh, my, my whole year has been, uh, consumed by, um, you know, doing this new citizen record and writing new stuff. So, uh, constantly just keeping the gears turning and, um, you know, I, I, I listen to things here and there, but for the most part, it's like I'm demoing and then I go to the gym and I'm listening to the demo thinking about what what I could do better or what I should change. And, um, yeah, I have been listening to that, the strange ranger record quite a bit. Now, you know, uh, outside of that, um, I've been listening to, uh, Gazafelstein. I think that's how you say it. Uh, it's kind of like techno in a way or dance music. It, it, it's tough and I, and I really like it. And, uh, that, that kind of stuff is, you know, pumping me up as of late. So Matt, tell me a little bit about like some of the like lyrical themes in this record. What were kind of some some core ideas you brought to this, some messages you were maybe conveying? You know, everything just kind of leads back to, you know, your perception, um, you know, of, you know, your current state of mind and life lessons that you've learned. And I think every citizen record for the most part is, you know, pretty introspective and um, it, it's always about a lot of the same situations, but maybe a little bit of a different, um, you know, a different take on them because as the years grow, you know, you, you grow as a person and, um, you know, maybe you realize, oh, I'm the problem within that. And what could I have done better to fix it? And, um, yeah. It, it it just touches it, it touches on that and it's it's a lot of self realization and things like that. What's uh what's the meaning behind the album title? It's just a lyric from the song Dogs, and uh, it actually just it doesn't have some deep meaningful meaning at all. It just the the song is is about you know going ham with your bros and. Uh, it's just kind of fun and exciting. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, a, a thing that categorizes this album in my head, as, as far as I separate it from 
the other albums is is I feel like this album is pretty tough. It's pretty hard. And uh, honestly, when we were just like combing through and talking about the album and just having, you know, conversations, I was like, I texted Matt, I think I said, calling the dogs album title. And he said, like, that's hard, but that's tough. <laughs> and, and I knew I would get him. I knew I, I know Matt's language and I just knew that one was going to that one was going to fly. Um, did. That from that moment on, that was the album title. And when it was and, and when when it came time to discuss options, it nothing mattered to me. It's just like, I don't even know why we're talking about this right now. I know what the album title is going to be. Yeah, yeah it, it had to be. It had to be. And it's always fun, you know, when we we go through this like you know major decision to name an album um uh sent listing them all out you know so it was like youth everybody's gonna have an as you please life in your glass world calling the dogs and i was like that's perfect you know it's it's nothing like the other ones in tone or even just how it looks you know um it just it just had to be yeah yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, youth is like so much weight there, right? It's like your first record. It's a, literally a youthful record for so many reasons. And this is just like such a different vibe. It's it's funny, you know? Like, I think it's yeah. like, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I also love that you did it with Rob Schnaff. I mean, obviously everyone loves Rob's work with Elliot Smith, but like, I really love what comes out when Rob works with like a punk or emo band, like what he did with Saves the Day and Joyce Manor and Angel Dust. Um, what made you want to work with Rob and, and what did he bring to the table that was new for Citizen? Um, I mean, honestly, he was, he's just a legend. Uh, on top of that, having friends that have worked with him helped. Uh, because, you know, you have some common ground and you see that, okay, he, he, he knows how to work with bands from our, uh, general sphere, you know, um, I'm, uh, definitely a big Elliot Smith fan and, um, uh, we love, um, the work he did with Tokyo Police Club and um the garden and it's i don't know he just he's done so many things in so many different styles and i mean god that's like a citizen dream right um and so yeah he was just uh, he was a name in the hat early on and we had a conversation with him and we were just like laughing on the phone for an hour and um yeah, it felt like the right vibe. Um, it's also your first record recorded with Mason and Ben on drums, um, who you've been touring with. Uh, how did having this new lineup in the studio affect things? It definitely made the process slower because, you know, we're not... I feel like Citizen is such a... At least me, Nick, and Eric were... were uh, a fine tuned machine. We, we, we know the process and we've had a process for so long and introducing two new people 
that we've never worked with before was a bit of a learning curve. And that's not a, a bad thing whatsoever, but um, it was cool because they brought a lot of ideas to the table that, you know, we otherwise wouldn't have explored. And um, we, you know, had to learn to trust in each other and it, it, it was cool. And I think it ended up being really cool because of it. Yeah, you know, it just offers a different voice, and um, that's exciting for a band that's been around uh, as long as we have. Um, it's like you don't often have that. You know, it's like voices start to um, dissipate and and kind of get rustier as time goes on with many artists and. Uh, you know, we have the opportunity of adding two of, you know, our very good friends into the band, making music with them, having their insight and their input. And um, I don't know, I think that's kind of exactly what we needed right now just to, um, I don't know, have fun, I guess. Like, it's just straight up more fun when you have... uh more people that are invested in what we're all doing together, you know? And I would have to imagine that, you know, working with Rob would be a little bit of that too. I mean, um, you know, you did multiple records with Will Yip. I think you self-produced Glass World, right? Mm -hmm. um, how did, so how does Rob compare to being in the studio with Will versus self-producing? Rob is really into guitars he's a, a guitar guy and will is a drum guy song structure guy um you know i'm self-producing i'm i'm kind of just you know we're all the all-in-one package uh, but working with rob was really cool because it was all about commitments um you know if you recorded something there that's how it was going to sound there was no there was no editing or changing it was Hey, let's let's get this to sound as best as we can, mic'd up with no, you know, no effects or anything on it, and let's commit to that. And and um, I think that created a really cool personality uh, um, on the record. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because, like you said, it's a you know it's a tough record, but it's got these it's got these really warm tones a lot of the time. I think. Yeah. Rob's in a, is a, uh, like an outboard guy. So you're recording. It's not, you know, you're not recording straight into your computer and using plugins. He's, he's dialing everything in by hand and using his board and, um, that the saturation of all that analog gear really, you can really hear that within the record. So you've got a tour coming up. It's with Narrowhead and Modern Color on all dates. And then, uh, cryo geyser if i'm saying that correctly spine onionism lucy aka cooper b handy uh tell me about did you handpick the lineup tell me about this lineup yeah um yeah we always do um we just we care a lot about our tours in the same way that we care about the albums you know each one playing a very specific role and um you know for us, like the the big first tour uh, that accompanies an album is so important to us, and how it represents and kind of colors the the era 
I guess. Um, and I feel like we just thought about energy uh, going into like what bands seemed to be the right fit. And, um, you know, Narrowhead and Modern Color were just like, it's like, of course, you know. And I think with any tour, the, the, the goal is like, how do we give people something that they're like, that's stacked, you know, from front, from front to back. I care about this and, and I'm excited about this and not have it feel so traditionally tiered, you know. Um, and so that that was just like a no brainer. And we're always lucky when the bands that we want say yes. Um, and then as far as the other openers, you know, that's always fun when we get a chance to add like special guests to anything because you can really just go wild and, and be, I guess, creative in a sense. It's like um, you have the opportunity to color the shows in a way that um, maybe you can't like fully do with just like a two three band lineup um so having you know lucy and and cryo geyser and spine and onionism it's like that's that's just adding to that it's just giving it a little more color and a little more energy or a little different energy um to these shows and um i don't know it's just it's fun it's like again we view citizen like a project and uh i feel like that's a project in itself to just uh kind of be as out there as we can you know yeah and it's it's cool that it's you know fairly musically diverse absolutely i think that is always important to us any other bands that have been exciting you lately that either you've played with or would love to play with um, I mean, definitely want to play with Strange Ranger uh, when we get the opportunity. Um, would love to play with Girl Puppy. Um, there's uh, honestly the list is kind of endless, especially because we ask so many bands to to do things or at least flirt with them a little bit. Um, and so, of course, not everybody always can. Or maybe it's not exactly a part of their agenda, which is like totally understandable. Um, but yeah, I, uh, there's so many bands. I mean, uh, Snooper is another band that I would love uh, for Citizen to play with at some point in this cycle. It just seems to make sense. Um, and yeah, like I said, the list is endless. <laughs> I'm excited for the tour because I feel like, I mean, I guess I kind of said it when we talk about the youth show, but I just feel like you guys have really been bringing it lately, like coming out of COVID, like the Turnstile tour, the Joyce Manor tour, like it was, it just feels like Citizen's really been going hard these past couple of years. And, uh, and I'm excited to, to see that that keeps coming. I think, you know, our um, mortality faces us directly you know and, and we're just like 
let, while we can, like, let's, let's do this. Like, let's, let's do it for real and do as much as we can play to as many people as possible because we won't always have this, you know? And at least for me, I, I'm like, I, I'm a young man still. Like I want to, I want to go hard while I, while I'm interested and while I'm passionate. And then if, if we don't feel that way, we won't, you know? Um, so it's just about capturing that, that moment and that feeling and just, uh, turning, turning it up to 11 while you still can, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, it was very sick to see, especially on the turnstile tour. Um, I mean that they were, you know, you went out with them and they were supporting what's now like the biggest album to ever come from like the modern punk scene. Uh, what are some takeaways on your end from that tour? What was your experience like? Anything that you learned or? I think that it, it, I mean, it kicked our asses in the sense that you have to up your game, right? Uh, this is a band at the peak of their like performance and, and, uh, it's just a, a challenge to us. Like, okay, you have to, you have to, um, you have to come before this and you have to, to do right by it. And then also go forward after this with those thoughts in mind and, and how to engage with the crowd in a way that doesn't feel like, you know, a, a pop artist or whatever. It's like, learning how to engage in a mindful, you know, kind of punk spirit, um, but still giving people like, you know, some sort of night that they can remember that will be like special to them. Um, I think Turnstile made us think about that a lot, you know, about just how to, how to, I guess, go hard, you know. And, yeah, it's inspiring. For yeah, sure. just turn turn it up a little bit. It, it kind of lit a fire under us, and we were like, "Oh, we, sh you know, there there are so many things we could do better, and a lot of things that we otherwise, you know, would have thought to be, you know, considered not, you know, not us or not cool or whatever. It's like, oh, we can, we can just do so much more, and why wouldn't we? Yeah." I also think it's uh, it's cool. I mean, you know, I think Citizens always had like a place in the hardcore scene. And I certainly, what I'm about to say, I do not mean this in any way of like, I'm not saying in any sort of cynical way, but I think with like, you know, turnstile and just hardcore having this moment now, I feel like it's been cool to kind of see you guys like embrace that side a bit. Like you did that tour and you had Fiddlehead on the youth shows and you were on like the Triple B comp a couple of years ago. Um, tell me a little bit about, I mean, you're obviously not, what most people would be like citizens on a hardcore band, I don't think, but, you know, kind of having a foot in that world during this really exciting moment for it. Like, tell me a little bit about that. Um, honestly, in our area, uh, that's just like what we have, you know, we have a hardcore scene. We don't have an indie rock scene. We don't have a rock scene, you know, I mean, we do to some extent, but you know, hardcore is so prevalent both in Toledo and Detroit. And we just always grew up playing with hardcore bands and, and it wasn't weird in any way to us, you know, our, our Toledo shows 
were almost always with hardcore bands. And, um, and I think because of that, it's just like, then we meet a lot of people within hardcore. Most of the shows we go to are hardcore shows. And, um, you know, I don't care if anyone ever thinks whatever citizen is, uh, I guess doesn't belong in, in that world or whatever, because it's like, well, we just are in that world, you know, and that is who we are and that's what we do. And, uh, there's, and we of course expand beyond that, but it's like that, that's just the friends we have and, and that's the places we've been and the environment we've grown up around. And, um, you know, we've been going to hardcore shows since we were 12, you know? Um, so it just, it, it's just, I guess within us to, to some extent, and no matter if we're, uh, no matter what style we're playing or, or whatever, um, it's like that, that just is reality for us. And that's just, who we are and what we do, you know. Are there any bands in this kind of new crop of hardcore bands that have been kind of coming up lately that's like really exciting to you? Missing Link is a band I really like. Yeah, I I think um, this is, I guess, good timing, but the new Pain of Truth record is amazing. And of course, it's like, I think uh, easily the, uh, I think the, uh, kind of biggest hardcore record right now. And, um, and it's really fucking good. Um, but yeah, that's my input. So Matt, um, post COVID you especially have been like really prolific. I mean, you like between glass world and calling the dogs and you had two solo records in the past year. Um, what's got you so inspired and writing so much lately? I, uh, I moved to Virginia and, um, temporarily I moved back to Ohio next year, but you know, I don't have any friends out here and I don't have, I mean, I just truly have nothing to do. And that has translated to me just writing a ton of music. And I mean, it used to take a lot to write a song you know, in the sense that like I had to, you know, just like, just feel totally right about it. Like, oh, I can write a song right now and it would just happen. And, but most of the time I just couldn't, you know, I could mess around and nothing would feel good to me and nothing would ever happen. So I, I had this process for the longest time where like, I, I can't really describe it, but I would just wake up and I would be like, I think I can write a song today. And then those were the days I would write songs, you know, or a song. And um, that would come in spurts. There'd be a week and I would just hammer out, you know, 10 songs. And then I wouldn't have the the motivation or inspiration to write another song for a year or whatever. Uh, but ever since I came here, I've just had so much time and I feel like I can just sit down and just, just bust things out. Um, I, I feel, you know, I, constantly inspired and i don't know if that comes from boredom or um i you know i buy a lot of music things to to keep me 
excited, you know, keyboards and uh, record like compressors and things to play around with. And, you know, that keeps me excited too. And um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, just, just being in a new place with nothing to really do besides music has just, I mean, I think I've written probably close to 50 songs in the last two and a half years, three years or whatever, which is, I don't know, close to as many songs as I've written in the past 15 years. So. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, Um, it it feels good. Awesome. I know people always ask stuff like this, but how do you kind of differentiate, like if a song is a solo song versus citizen song? Um, I think there's, I think there's like a, a light, more of a lighthearted vibe um, to the solo stuff than there is citizen stuff. And uh, citizen is inherently pretty angsty and more energetic. And um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not hard to decide. And the, the two never really get, get mixed up. Um, I know some people, you know, will sit as citizen, um, you know, screams less they just they kind of compare the two a little more but the the vibe it 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 comes from a different a different place in your heart so well before we go anything else that you guys want to add anything to shout out or plug uh just want to shout out calling the dogs it's out uh october 6th god it's only weeks away which is so crazy it is Um, nice but uh yeah i want to shout out that and uh shout out rudy's hot dog in toledo ohio uh for no reason in particular just because i'm hungry right now (laughs) we're doing a lot of um overseas touring next year so plant that in people's ears a lot lot of things to be announced and it'll be our first time our our, you know our first time back in a lot of places in in a long time so we're excited so hopefully people come out, you know. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Matt, Nick, thanks so much, guys. Thank you yeah, for thank having you us. For having us. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Thanks again to Matt and Nick. Check out Calling the Dogs when it comes out October 6th on Run for Cover Records. And remember, you can pick up the Brooklyn Vegan exclusive vinyl variant in the BB shop and catch Citizen on tour beginning October 18th in Indianapolis, right before they play when we were young festival. And uh, they've got dates continuing through 2024. So like I said in the episode, they're really bringing it lately. So don't miss them if you get the chance. And again, you know, if you like what you hear, just give us a good rating, tell your friends about us, any little thing like that goes a long way. So thanks so much. See you next time.